Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the third Arsenal Weekly podcast of the 2017-18 season. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, we chat to Alex Awobi about the current crop of academy players following in his footsteps, hopefully. We also learn more about some club legends in the A to Z of Arsenal and Adrian Clark previews the big trip to Liverpool in the chalkboard. Let's though kick off by looking back at Saturday's tea time clash with Stoke City with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, I'm delighted to say that our Arsenal insider this week is none other than the Times' brilliant Henry Winter, who joins us on the show. Henry, always appreciate it. How are you? I'm very good, Russell. How are you? Not too bad. A little frustrated, I have to say, having commentated on the Gunners at the weekend. Uh, a game, in one sense, they were unlucky to lose when you look at a goal that probably should have stood and, and maybe a penalty. But ultimately, it is a, a very disappointing defeat. Well, I thought it was definitely a penalty. I thought there was, uh, the, the, there was contact. You could see the reaction from the Arsenal players. They thought it was a penalty as well. I mean, Arsenal, when they go to Stoke um, because of past history and, well, a lot of people find it difficult going to the, the, the Bet365 stadium or the Old Britannia, um, you know, it, it's not the easiest place to go to. And you know what Stoke are, are going to do. Um, 23% possession, I think they had. And, uh, you know, they defended well. Butland showed why he'll be in the in the England squad this week and why he's, he's pushing Joe Hart all the way to be... England's number one. So frustrating for Arsenal that they, uh, you know, they came up against a goalkeeper in such form. But you look at you look at Stoke's play, and and they look like they were set up well, clearly to to, to defend in depth, and then uh, and then try and nick one on the break, which is what they did. They did do, and from Lacazette's point of view, we've never seen a an Arsenal new arrival score back to back goals in the Premier League. Um, very close to doing so, and and again frustrating. Well, it's frustrating, but everyone said well, it was only marginally offside. And I heard what sort of Ian Wright um, said, and he was talking about sort of exactly when Giroud got involved. But it, you know, it, it, it was offside. It was, you know, it was quite it, frustratingly for Arsenal fans and, and players and management. But the uh, the the, the assistant referee got got that one correct. So we criticised them enough at times. But I just think, I mean, currency thing like that. I mean, it was it was a sensational finish by Lacazette. And you transfer that into the chances that he will get um, in in games normally with Arsenal. And he's a formidable signing. He's one of the most exciting 
signings that I've I've seen Arsenal. I go back to when Supermate. He's he's just a brilliant finisher. And what I like about him, and I was slightly surprised he he, he, he went off, was the um, you know, he can play in different positions. So if Giroud does come on, Lacazette as he showed against Leicester can sort of tuck in on the left and, and create trouble there. And he doesn't often give the ball away. He's got, obviously, as we've seen, fantastic finish for him. He seems a good all-round team-minded player. There doesn't seem any ego there. You know, it's not about him. It's about scoring and about helping the team as well. So I think of all, you know, there have been some pretty good summer signings. You look at Nathan and people like that. But I think Lacazette will, will prove absolutely right up there. So missed chances on this particular occasion for us. So let's quickly hear from Arsene Wenger discussing at times that lack of end product. We are very frustrated because we, uh, we lost the game that you should have won and uh, that's terrible to swallow. You know, we had uh, plenty of uh, chances. On top of that, uh, not only did we not finish, but we gave them an easy goal to score just after half-time. We knew at half-time that it was very important to keep our defensive focus in this kind of game. You come out and don't defend properly. And that's why we are not uh, forgivable today. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I believe that uh, when you are not uh, consequent in uh, the way you, s or you want to play, uh, you pay for it at that level. And at the end of the day, uh, you have 80% possession and you lose the game uh, away from home. Arsene Wenger there, Henry. And lots of possession. And as you've already touched on briefly, struggling to then have maybe, I don't know, it's the width, the drive to, to break down a, a well-ordered team in front of you? Well, Sanchez, I know there's a lot of, sort of issues going on in the background there, but on a purely football level, when you've got a player like Alexis Sanchez, who's got that constant drive, that urgency, that energy, that touch, you know, he, he scares defenders and he'll win free kicks and he'll get goals. Danny Welbeck is still a, a work in progress and some of those one-on-ones he needs to, to work on. You know, as a, as a lot of young players do in this country, although Danny's not so young anymore, um, look at Marcus Rashford at Manchester United. You know, there there are Raheem Sterling. There is a players still need to keep developing their their one on one, you know, because it is it's absolutely key. So, but those chances will get taken as, as they showed against Leicester um, in that sort of amazing topsy turvy game there, and that that commitment and persistence there. And I think talking to a few Arsenal fans, that, you know, post. Stoke, they almost writing that one off anyway because they know what Stoke's like because of the history, the short cross rounds, the issue, and then what cube will be like. They know what the, the team will be set up to be like. Um, and Berahino coming on, I mean, he, he grew up as an Arsenal fan. His mother was obsessed with Thierry Henry. They had pictures of Thierry all over. So he was always going to want to make a uh, to, to, to a point to, to, to a club he loved. So uh, I think you know Arsenal just have to sort of write that one off and focus on. on what needs to be done, which is tightening up the defence and, uh, and bringing in one or two more players and working on one-on-one. -on -one. So if we can focus then with Arsenal without the ball rather than with it, I guess one other concern has been getting a little bit over-committed once they lose possession. We've seen that in both games so far and obviously Liverpool in mind next up as well in that regard. Well, the key thing is not to give the ball away. And, uh, and Xhaka, I think, is a, is a, is a terrific midfielder. But he's, he's got to be a little bit more careful in some of his passing. We've seen that in a couple of games. So I think you know, that, that's something that they can work on the training ground, just that pure concentration, because as, as we know in the, in the Premier League, it is intense all the time. There's so much pressing. Arsenal will get that probably even more at the weekend when they play Liverpool with these I think the five-second furies that a lot of people call it, with that constant pressing, trying to nick the ball back. So... The actual retaining possession is key. 
I saw Mesut Ozil got a fair bit of criticism. Um, I think Stephen Gerrard uh, made some comments on on BT Sports. I mean, I, I have so much admiration for Ozil as a player. I've followed his career, you know, for clubs and country, and you know, he's he's a wonderful player in terms of how he takes the the ball forward. But I'm sure, you know, back at uh, London Cole, they'll they'll be working not simply with Ozil but with all the players on uh, on tracking back and covering back. Particularly at the moment, Arsenal have this this issue with with central defenders out, with Monreal sort of playing in there, which doesn't really suit Monreal. And he's, um, so the midfielders need to be even more assiduous in, in tracking back and covering and shielding. And particularly for me on that front, when you've got Kolesniac also playing in the back three with two right-footed wing-backs, you then have to almost play Monreal in the middle of the three, which is even harder for him than playing on the left side of the three, if you see what I mean. I talked to the manor back last night, and he, and he was saying, "Well, he's a left back or left wing back. You see when he goes forward, what, you know what a force he can be." So uh, I think he's an exciting uh, signing. You saw in the at Wembley in the Community Shield, he's almost become like a sort of cult hero with the, with, with the fans because he's got that personality. And just watching Arsenal, and listening to Arsenal, they're quite a quiet team. I know that's a sort of modern trend in in the game, but I just think when you've got someone with a with a sort of big personality like him like a Mertensacker. I think that's so important for, for Arsenal. And leadership, clearly, but also concentration key, Henry. Um, becoming a bit of a trend over the last couple of seasons that Arsenal concede goals very early in the second half, so returning after the break. I think last season, second only to Watford in that regard and goals shipped. Is that a worry? It's a huge worry. I think it's partly the opposition come out fired up, but Arsenal, as they know, you know, when they went, whenever Arsenal play anyone, Arsenal is such a huge scout because of the history, because of the, you know, the fan base, because of the, 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 the stature of many of the players there. You know, Arsenal are a huge club around the world. So wherever they go and play in the UK, you know, the, the bigger clubs like Liverpool and Manchester United, um, it's a huge game for the opposition. So they will come out pumped up in the, uh, in, in, in the second half, particularly uh, when, uh, when Arsenal are on the road. So absolutely, it's something they've got to, uh, to, to concentrate on. I mean, it's, Times Henry Winter joining us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. I really appreciate your thoughts as ever. It's been great. My pleasure. You're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, Alex Iwobi is certainly a player who's become a key part of the first-team nucleus over the past couple of seasons at Arsenal. He's been speaking to Arsenal.com's Rob Kelly about his role in helping the current batch of academy graduates as they join the first-team fold. When you were breaking through, you had the likes of Hector Bellerin that you looked up to, obviously the Jack Wilshere as well, you know, guys that have been through exactly what you've gone through as well. Does it feel strange for you that on tour and stuff that some of the younger lads are now looking up to you? Um, no, not really. Because at the end of the day, I still treat, treat them like anyone else in the first team. I talk to them the same way, like we get on a lot, get along really well, the band is the same, so... It's not really strange to just get on with football. It's how football is. At the end of the day, you're, not, you're going to be old at some point, so that's how it is. But you must empathise with that view. When, when they walk into like a, a change room, they go on tour, see all these World Cup winners and stuff around, you must know that feeling. Of like them, some of them might be quite intimidated. Do you sort of go over and try and help them out a bit and stuff with that? Um, yeah, I just try... Well, it's just natural. It's something I always do. I just make it easier for them. I go talk to them, so it make them feel welcome. Like, 
They're like, we are normal people, even though they have won the World Cup, won this and that. So we are normal people. Our footballers will go point to prove. So they're the same as, I don't know, not a World Cup winner, but almost the same as them, yeah. Do you enjoy the, the idea that you've got a bit more of a senior role with some of these younger guys? That um, Do I enjoy it? I don't know if I enjoy it. I just, I don't really notice that I'm one of the senior lads. I just, I'm just another player, really. So I just see it like that. I don't really see myself as one of the mature lads. Everyone's talking about Reese Nelson at the moment. We saw some brilliant skills from him on tour. We saw a fantastic goal he scored at Members' Day as well that sort of went viral on Twitter yeah. as well. How highly do you rate him? Um, even like last season when he was training with us, you could always see he was a special talent. He's, he's got good feet, he's got good awareness, his technique is amazing. Yeah, he's definitely one for the future. He also looks quite fearless. Uh, lots of young players, when they come into the first team, they look fearless. He particularly looks like he's just, he's just going to take anybody on that he wants to. Um, yeah, especially for a young player to come in and they're normally nervous. We normally have to try and introduce them and try to like, take it, make it easy for them. But he straight away is calling for the ball, he's demanding the ball, he's demanding things. And he's, yeah, he plays like he's mature, like he's, he's comfortable playing with us. So, yeah, it's good for him. He also said to us, I don't know if you know this, he said to us that you're his inspiration. How does that feel? Because you're still a very young lad yourself. Oh, coming from him, I didn't, didn't expect that because the way he talks to me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think I'm his inspiration. But yeah, to be his inspiration, that's crazy. But he's, he's a young lad, he's got a long way to go and I'm sure he knows what to do. Yeah, and, and how quickly after you leave the room today are you going to text Reese and ask him about that inspiration quote? Uh, I'll let it see you for a bit. I'll see him when we end next Friday. I'll see him and then I'll talk to him. <laughs> To Z. Or Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, he goes! Bert Kappa's found Pires. Pires towards Henri. Arsenal found a goal. Well, this week in the A to Z of Arsenal, we move on to the letter T. And T is for Thomas right at the end, one of the most iconic moments in Arsenal and British footballing history. A good ball by Dixon, finding Smith. For Thomas, charging through the midfield. Thomas, it's up for grabs now. Thomas, right at the end. An unbelievable climax to the league season. Michael Thomas's goal at Anfield, giving the Gunners the 2-0 victory they needed to secure the first. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Division championship in the most dramatic fashion. Ortiz also for another league champion, Colo Torre. After moving to the club in 2002 for just £150,000, Colo went on to become an invincible, forming a formidable centre-back partnership with Sol Campbell. Torre. That's towards Wiltorn. Toure, the equaliser for Arsenal. The man from the Ivory Coast has done it. As mentioned, Toure was an invincible, and that team won the league at White Hart Lane against another team, North London rivals Tottenham. But that wasn't the only time the Gunners had won a championship there. The match winner, the championship winner. An incredible finale. For Arsenal, their supporters, and particularly for young Kennedy. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So we're joined by Adrian Clark at the Chalkboard. Clarky, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, our question. On the Chalkboard, when will Olivier Giroud start his first Arsenal game of the season? Good question. I'm sure he would like to know the answer to that. I'm sure a lot of fans would as well, actually. I feel as if it's got to be close because... He's contributing, isn't he? Every time he plays, came on against Leicester City, made a big difference. Came on against Stoke, OK, he didn't score. But the little flicks around the corner, there were two brilliant pieces of skill from him um, to open up a defence that had been very hard to, to open up. So, you know, I think it's close and I think there's a very good argument that he could start at Liverpool, actually, this weekend. And I say that because, A, he probably deserves it on form, but also... Liverpool have a weakness in the air. If you sling the ball into the penalty box against Liverpool, they don't like it. So having a physical presence in there at Anfield would make a lot of sense to me. Lacazette's done nothing wrong. It'd be harsh to leave him out if he's left out for him, but, but I, I would be tempted to start Giroud. That is an if, though, because there is always the option of trying to play them both. We've seen it in various halves and concerted bursts of pre-season. For me, it's not out of the question to play them both together. No, not at all. I'd love to see them play together much more often. I'd like to see a proper front too. But what I think Arsene Wenger will do is drop Lacazette into one of the uh, berths in behind. But the issue there is you've got Alexis, that's his specialist position, Ozil too, and and a number of other players. We've got Danny Welbeck, Danny, uh, Alex Iwobi, Aaron Ramsey potentially. So there's a lot of competition for that spot. Um, I would imagine if Giroud starts, Lacazette might be used as an impact substitute instead. Mm, which at this early stage of his career is uh, perhaps not necessarily the ideal message to set, but balance I just is think critical. You have, to, you have to take a horses for courses approach. Yeah. And I think Liverpool don't like it when you sling balls into the box and Giroud is, is who you want in there when you do that. 
I covered Liverpool the opening weekend of the season against Watford. Obviously, they did tighten things up a, a fair bit this weekend, just gone and got the result, but certainly set piecewise, they were really struggling at Watford. Yeah, no, not good at all. No, I, I commentated on that game as well, actually, and yeah, they were very open from set pieces. Um, I'm not at all convinced by their defence. I think the back four is, is dodgy. So if you can get at Liverpool and get the ball, as I say, into the box, I don't have any great faith that they'll defend brilliantly. I think Stoke, for example, have, have, have a much more disciplined, uh, settled rearguard than Liverpool. So it's just a matter of getting the right service in, into the area and, and then I think there's definitely fragilities. So you look at Liverpool as things stand. Sadio Mane's got a couple of goals fit for a full season. For them, they'll be desperate, no doubt. Um, what would you say about him and someone like Mo Salah who was a bit iffy the first half against Watford, found his straps, and I wonder if we might see far more than we saw of him in Chelsea colours. It wouldn't be hard. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be hard. No, I think Salah is going to do well this season. And he had a brilliant second half against Watford. Um, was OK as well in, uh, in Hoffenheim. Was rested for the, for the last game. So, yeah, look, I think Salah and Mane are massive threats to Arsenal in this game. I would imagine that he'll start both based on on looking to, to get in behind Arsenal. I mean, you look at the way Arsenal have defended the first couple of games, especially down the channels, on breakaways and turnovers. It gives me kittens thinking about it with Mane's pace, with Salah's pace, and probably Firmino in the middle rather than Sturridge to, to link it all together. Liverpool in a way, and I'm sad to say this, are kind of tailor-made to really get at this Arsenal defence at the moment. So, so the pace up top is, is a worry, that's for sure. We always have the elephant in the room of Felipe Coutinho and what's going to happen there. And Liverpool's front options and quite how they play is, is massively dictated by him, isn't it? But I guess they're already now learning to evolve and play without because they don't really have any other option oh, yeah, at the moment. I, th I think they should sell him and, and strengthen the areas of the pitch that they desperately need strengthening, i.e. goalkeeper, centre-half and defensive midfielder. So, so yeah, I don't think it would be a disaster for them to, to sell Coutinho. And... When looking ahead to this game, I'm thinking of previous matches between these two at Anfield. Always entertaining, always epic, but Arsenal have not coped with the press at all well. They really haven't. They've been unsettled, they haven't passed brilliantly, they've been knocked out of their stride. And on turnovers for the last three, four seasons, Liverpool have been fabulous at punishing Arsenal. I really hope lessons have been learned. I'd like to see Arsenal go a bit longer, miss out the midfield at times, and to certainly be more prepared for that press. Um, because if they get caught again, the way that we've defended in the first two games, certainly there's room for improvement, then I'm, I'm nervous about it. OK, so that's where things stand ahead of the game. Your key challenge, which you've done magnificently in weeks one and two of the new podcast form, <laughs> is to give me a five-second team talk if you were Arsene Wenger ahead of Liverpool. You're in the Anfield dressing room. <laughs> Take it away. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Three words. Um, and do not let Liverpool players run in behind you. Adrian Clark sums it up very adeptly again. Time now to return to the brain of Arsenal. Brain of Arsenal. So, brain of Arsenal. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us on the line. Uh, Liam, how's it going? I'm good, thanks, guys. How was that? How was the revision this week for the both of you? <laughs> well, I've tried to up my game, Liam, because Russ had clearly taken it extremely seriously in week one uh, and got much deserved win. So um, I have actually revised a little bit, and I've left myself nowhere to go but down. So uh, we will see. 
Yes, it, you both you've both gone on different approaches. Adrian can only get better, but Russ, you're uh, only one way <laughs> well, to go. Well, get three out of four right. Come on, Liam. Let's not put this down as a five out of ten performance. I, I think it was respectable. It was. Just, I was up against uh, by yeah, the better side. Yeah, <laughs> I was up against a formidable opponent. <laughs> Take it away. Okay, so, so last week, as I said, Russ won. So, Russ, you're in the lead. Do you want to go first or second, answering your questions on Marco's Martin? So I keep my special subject, and I will. I'm going to set the stall out and go first. Go okay. for the jugular. Okay, standing by then. So here are your questions on Mark Overmars. Week two, starting now. Um, what was controversial about Mark's winning goal against Sheffield United in the FA Cup fifth round win in 1999? It was the highly controversial Canu plays on when the ball is thrown back after an injury, passed to Overmars, didn't understand the situation at the second, scored... <laughs> And then the game had to be replayed, as was very sportingly decided by Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. And then he also scored in the, re the rearranged fixture, which Arsenal All won. All right, Russ, you've got it right. Well done. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Who did Mark score his first Arsenal hat-trick against? Middlesbrough. Correct. Oh, that was the one I thought he might get him out of there. Question three. Who was his final game for the club against? Galatasaray in the 2000 UEFA Cup final, which Arsenal lost, I think, 4-1 on penalties. Correct. Again, only one only one point for that, but I like the detail. And your final question, where was Mark voted on Arsenal's all-time 50 greatest players list? At the time, because it may have since dipped, I don't know, but when that poll was done, 12th. Correct. Four out of four again. <laughs> this is getting silly. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd gone deeper this week and tried to uh, and tried to catch him out on a couple, but he is um, yeah, he's showing the, the revision. Well, you are the brain of Arsenal at the moment. <laughs> right. Come on, come on in there. Come on in, so, Adrian. No pressure. You will be answering questions on Perry Groves. Um, strange, strange topic, but um, yeah, I used to here clean we go. Boots. See, I like Perry. It's, you know, it's good. Okay, here we go. Question one: Where was Perry born? Bo, in London. Correct. Um, at which club did he make his professional debut? Colchester United. Correct. Um, Perry set up the winning goal in the 1987 League Cup final against Liverpool, but who scored it? I was there. It was Champagne Charlie. Charlie Nicholas. Correct. And final question for the draw. Who did he play his last game for in his professional career? Professional or semi-professional? Um, that, that his final game. So he's, he's his final... final game. Well, he, he, he retired from professional football uh, for Southampton, um, yeah. but then he at uh, 28, and he ended up at Dagenham and Redbridge. But he played one last game for Canvey Island. Correct. Pulls it out of the bag. Well done, sir. <laughs> God, okay, so, that's so we're 15 a, um, out of 16 so far on the new season, aren't we? Crikey. Yeah, I'm going I'm to call that a score draw then. So. Um, I don't know, do you, so Russ, do you fancy answering questions for a third week on Mark Overmars or should we both choose new topics this week? I haven't been beaten on him yet, Liam. I'm going to stick with a third week of Mark Overmars, please, if I, if I have the option. Okay, and um, Adrian, would you like to continue on Perry Groves? Or I'm enjoying living in a Perry Groves world at the moment, so yeah, let's do it. 
Okay, and so that's a, a point each for this week, Brian. We'll be back next week for, uh, for another round of Brain of Arsenal. Surprisingly high standard. I'm sure it won't last, but uh, two games into the season, hopefully the Gunners will do the same this weekend and try and make it win in match week three. Uh, Liam, great stuff, and uh, Clark Eves, ever thank you. Yeah, cheers. This is the final word. Well, the final word on this week's show belongs to the boss and to Arsenal's club captain, Per Mertesacker, as they have a go at rapid fire. Hello, boss. Are you ready to play Emirates rapid fire? This is a fight, my friend. No, I know. If I understand... No, 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 it's not. I'm ready. OK, let's go. First question. Who's the most skilled player you have ever worked with? Most skilled players? I would say maybe Dennis Bergkamp. Favourite music artist of all time? Bob Marley. I like that answer. <laughs> What's your favourite thing to pass the time on a fly? Reading. What's the last book you read? Ha! Huh. The last book I read was about uh, physiology and I don't remember the title. If you had to buy me a gift, yeah. what gift would it be? Oh my god. I won the World Cup while being here at Arsenal. I would give you a little World Cup, you know? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> You're stuck on a desert island. Who would you want to be there with you? And why? I think Peter Cech has got some idea. I don't know why, but he has got, always got an idea. <laughs> so I, I hope that he will get us out of that mess. Who has the hardest shot from anyone you have managed? Lukas Podolski. I agree. Do you remember your debut? How nervous were you on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say 10. It was against Swansea. I thought you were at 10 before Chelsea as well. <laughs> no, 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 that no. was different. I think I was on two there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I haven't played for a long time. No one expected a lot from me. Yeah. Everyone wrote me off before. Exactly. So that was a, certainly a different situation. So that was only two. FA Cup final, mm. no strikers available. Do you pick me? Yes, every day. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was Emirates Rapid Fire. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Alex Iwobi, to Adrian Clark, and of course to Henry Winter for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can also subscribe as well and find us on Acast these days. And remember too to get your questions into Clarky at the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back on Bank Holiday Monday, the 28th of August, with all the reactions to that big game at Liverpool. Until then, it's bye for now. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.